I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah You lose my mind, you make everything so fine Worry about those times I'm way too numb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time I need the heim Throw that to the side, yeah I get those goosebumps every time, yeah When you're not around me Throw that to the side, yeah I get those goosebumps every time, yeah 713 Been a 21, yeah, I'm riding Why they on me? Why they on me? I'm flying Slippin' low-key I'm slippin' low-key and I'm I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah You ease my mind You make everything feel fine Worry about those times I'm way too numb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time I need the hype Throw that to the side, yeah Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. I just see, I just see Jimmy's comment in the chat. What he put in already? Come on, man. Come on, Jimmy. <laughs> Hates it always. Uh, welcome, everyone. Loading Mag and UFC for Loading Transfer Show is back again. And you may hate it, Jimmy, but we love it. Um, but welcome all in the chat. I hope you all are well. Um, boys, how are we? Um, oh, is, is he? Is he there? He's back. He's back. Oh, I'm, I'm here somewhere. <laughs> You're still in the sand, man. Looking out. It's, it's the Lord of the. It's, it's the Lord of the Abyss, I think, isn't it? <laughs> Pete, to answer your question, I'm good. I'm all good. Working away today. Then brought my little boy to Gaelic football training in the rain, and uh, yeah, he loved it. But uh, no, looking forward to this. And uh, Jimmy, yes, you were the only one that, that hates that song. We all love it. It's, it's the best part of the show. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, thanks for, for, for sticking with us. Stuff. How are you now, Richie? I'd love it even more if I, could, if I was moving properly and I could hear the, the intro song and everything. But I might just turn the camera off and be here for the crack. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you well anyway, apart from the screen, just delaying slightly, uh, that's for sure. But look, um, already 130 plus in the chat. Welcome all tonight. Hope you are all well. Uh, housekeeping, if you haven't already, click the like button and obviously come and subscribe to the channel. Daz, any number on the likes? What do you want to go for? 450. 450 on the likes, Pete. Let's go first. We got a Champions League draw tomorrow. Come on, get get trigger happy and hit that like button. Come on, definitely, that is for sure. And look, lots to get through uh, tonight, and we've got a fantastic guest who's waiting in the green room to come in. So yeah, um, should we get him in? Why Let's not? Get him in. Here's Keith Downing. Hi guys. Hey, are you okay? You all right? All good. good. Thank you. Great for. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, much appreciated, as always. I was thinking back um, just a little bit earlier on. I think the last time you're on with us, we did we did we hit the five k? Well, yes. And you did the <laughs> announcement. 
Yeah, you made me do. You made me do some kind of breaking news thing. I can't remember exactly what it was for, but it might have been. Yeah, it might have been. Was it not like a certain amount of subscribers or something like that? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Five K subscribers. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> what are you on? How many are you on now? Uh, but not not as much as you, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping you've doubled. I'm hoping you've doubled in the last. When, that must have been this time last year, was it, or was it January when I was on? No, January. 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 Okay. Oh, you've got yeah. A few yeah. Oh, yeah. We're 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 over six k now. We're over six k. Not as many as you. You are smashing it at the moment with with your channel uh, and great content, by the way. Uh, so, look, if anyone has it, it's having the time to do it. You know, I went up to the training ground today to do an interview with um, uh, Tino Livramento up at the training ground, and I thought, right, I'll do a little. Uh, YouTube video while I'm up here. There's quite a lot like fans outside because obviously the kids are off school just now. So there's loads of them outside. I thought I'll do a little video, some of the give some of the sort of chat from that Tino was chatting about and maybe talk a little bit about the Jamal Lascelles news, etc. And then I got up there and then I got a call about another story to do with something completely different, got dragged away and didn't have time to do it. So it's one of these things where you want to be regular and consistent with it, but it's so hard when you've got like so many other things pulling in, in different directions. So the biggest challenge for me with that, I think, is is going to be to try and do it regularly. Um, I'll, tell, I'll let you into another story. I was... Um, I was in Lisbon at the weekend with my family and then came back on Sunday and the flight was delayed and we're sat on the runway and I'd timed it so that I was getting back like half an hour before the game. So I was going to get off the train. I was flying back into Edinburgh, get the train down to Newcastle and then I was going to like basically go straight to the game with my suitcase. And um, the flight was delayed by just over an hour. We're sat on the runway. So I missed kickoff. And um, I thought to myself, I'll do a little video diary of the day, like starting off in Lisbon and then on the flight, I, like sitting on the runway, not moving, how frustrated I was getting. Then on the tram in Edinburgh, then on the train, then in the Uber, did all that and then got there. I got there at halftime, watched the second half. And then because of what unfolded in the sec in, towards the end of the game in Newcastle losing, I was like, do you know what? I don't actually know if I can do this video now because it was almost a bit of a, it was almost a bit of a fun thing. And I thought if I post this now, this kind of little fun video of how I got there on the back of that result. So all that filming was just wasted. So it's quite hard. Like some sometimes you think, should I really be like doing them for certain videos or should I? So yeah, so there you go. So there was two opportunities for, for good YouTube videos this week that I've just, um, I've kind of wasted. But listen, that's just what happens, isn't it? So Keith, you're telling us you are to blame. We're looking for someone to blame. You're to blame. If you if you were <laughs> no, to blame it, we would we would have carried on. Honestly, mate, I got there. Um, I said that to. I met obviously quite a few fans. I went out for a couple of beers after the game and spoke to quite a few fans. And and I just kept apologising. I said everything was going fine until I arrived. After. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Look, we don't want to talk too much uh, about the game. Let's be honest. But there was one bit that I wanted to. To kind of just touch on just for just for us all really, um, and obviously Sky Sports News reported um, that Virgil Van Dijk has been charged um, for his improper manner after he was sent off. I've got to be honest; I was surprised that it wasn't really talked about more because it was captured quite well by Sky um, during the game. The way he was talking to the ref, and then I think it might have been the fourth official as he was just about to go down. Uh, from your perspective, guys. Um, do you think it was? Do you think it was deserved? Um, what do you mean? Sorry, do you mean do you mean the the red card or do you mean the the, the, the charge? The, the, the charge after that. Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say what I feel honestly here, and I, you guys and fans might not agree with me, but 
I, I don't like all that, if I'm honest with you. Um, I mean, I played football myself. I was a very vociferous player, shall we say. Um, I was always in the ear of referees. I made my points uh, very clear. I played a game at St. James's Park in the summer, actually, in one of these... Um, they had a media game at the end and I was screaming at everyone within about five minutes. And I reminded myself, I was like, this is why I stopped playing four or five years ago. I spent the entire afternoon texting it or texting all the other journalists saying sorry for like screaming and shouting at them. And I was a very vocal player. And I, the, the kind of things that Virgil van Dyke was saying, and we could see it, we can all sort of lip read when it's as clear as that. The sort of things he was saying was things that I would kind of say all the time, all the time and expect to get away with. So, <clears throat> listen, I can see why he was frustrated. He knew he'd let his team down at the time. Personally, unless it's complete abuse where, remember, I think Klopp did a thing last season where he was screaming in the, in the line, the assistant referee's face. Unless it's something like that, I, I, I honestly don't think they should be getting additional punishment on top of the red card and whatever the ban is that comes in. Listen, I would be saying that whether it's Virgil van Dijk, whether it's Sven Botman, whoever, it doesn't matter. I just personally think there's too many cards and bans getting flashed around for my liking at the moment. Definitely. Um, I think uh, I think it's close to being, I don't know the, the uh, exact number, Um Callum Wilson on his podcast was talking about it today. And I think it's like a record number or close to um, the amount of yellow cards, red cards that have already been given out this season. Like, it's absolutely crazy. And for some of the things that they're giving out, like you said, when, when, when we're all playing, when we're younger, I think we'd have all been probably sent off after about 15 minutes uh, for, the, for, the, for those types of things. But look, it, it, it is what it is. I do think, and you guys might disagree with me, um, Daz Rich, get your opinion on it as well. Um, you know, the, the situation with Mitrovic um, at Old Trafford last season, I think it's kind of really heightened um, the conversation mm. with regards to how players sort of, you know, treat um, referees and officials on the pitch and off the pitch. Like, w- w- would w- would you say it was, it was fair? Would you agree with that assessment that, that Keith said about, um, you know, some of the cards being given, you know, Quite, quite harshly to players. Yeah, you, you can see that they, they've 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 come together and they've they, you know they change the rules every every season. They they to go with uh, they, they sit down with the players and give tell them what what's what going into the start of a season. Uh, what's not acceptable now, but um, um, I suppose I'm I kind of with with Keith. I know Richie, you, you brought it up, but you highlighted in our reaction show that 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 of his behaviour. Let's say, but yeah, you, you see it everywhere. I, I don't think it's that's kind of part of football, really. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm I was more pissed off of the, of the whole trend not getting the red card than 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 uh, than Van Dijk getting an extra game on top of his ban. Tell you the truth. What do you think, Rich? It's an interesting one because uh, a friend of mine's he's, he's, uh, obviously Keith will know who he is as well. Probably I mean, not this uh, ex-referee Alan Wilkie. Uh, he's at the so he's the chairman of our local football club and obviously. We, he was involved in the Eric Cantona scenario and stuff when he did the, the karate kick up at the at uh, Sellers Park and stuff like that. And he used to always say to us that uh, in football, there's, there's certain things like industrial language and stuff like that, which I think that's probably what Keith said about when he's on his, on his pitch days in Edinburgh and stuff like that. And we've probably all done that when we're younger. I think sometimes, like, you know, if you look good at the Mitrovic one himself, I don't think you should be getting right in the face of someone anyway. And you, you really shouldn't be laying a finger on a referee anyway or, or an official full stop so perhaps that's why his ban was as bad as it was 
I think I I agree that in the industrial languages we'll call it and, and swear and so it is part and parcel of football, but I think it depends on the level of the industrial language and how far it goes on. And you know, are, are you saying are you, is it more like a flipping swearing or is it is, does it start becoming aggressive and stuff like that and then directed and obviously it went on for a while? I think that's probably the reason why it got it. You know, increased because of how long it went on for. I think someone mentioned in the chat there it was like 223 seconds. I think it was Stu Amos, but 223 seconds it took Van Dyke to go off after he'd been sent off. Uh, and obviously, that abuse went on for that. Obviously, the swearing went on for the fourth official, the referee during that time. So perhaps it's just because of that. And obviously, with the new guy that we've all touched on, I don't think the referee helped himself on Sunday. Uh, you know, if you if you go back to the Trent Alexander Arnold one, should Gordon Gordon have been given a, a foul against him first before he pushed him over? Possibly, um, but obviously it wasn't given. So you go along with what the referee says, and then Trent Alexander throws the ball away, which unfortunately under new guidelines, that's a booking. And I think the issue what we what we thought during the review was, if you know, it, it shouldn't make a difference whether it's the sixth minute or, or the eighty-sixth minute. If that's that sort of foul that Trent Alexander Arnold does is a second book to second booking, whether or not that the bookings before have been given or not. Um, and I just think it was a, a too big a game for John Brooks on uh, on Sunday personally. But uh, no, I, I, I don't think any officials should go along with the length of the time that the abuse that they went on for after he was sent off, even after the the VAR as well. Obviously, we checked it; it still went on after that with the fourth official as well. So, as I mentioned in the interview, I thought it might be extended because of that, but. It is what it is, isn't it? So and it said yeah. the, the rules are what it are, what they are now, unfortunately. And I think some of the rules are probably a little bit too strict. But then obviously you try to cut this all out. But you know, you, you talk about the efficient the coaching staff in the in the technical areas now. That's still not getting addressed properly as well. Apparently, Kieran Trippier called for the card on Trent Alexander Arnold, but didn't get a card himself for doing it. But obviously, we saw McAllister get done on that. We saw. Um, Bruno get done on that as well in one of the first weeks. I think it's all at this moment in time. There's it's about consistency with these new rules. They've got to be implemented properly. They're either all done or they're all not. You can't. Mm. This is I what's frustrating with players and coaches, staff and stuff. Is that it's just it's not consistent. Yeah, Richie, sorry, you touched on it there, and I think I think you're right. I think it was the the amount of time it took um, contributed to it, and I think that was because obviously they were they were checking it. They were they were checking the um, the foul whether it was a red card or not in VAR, and that obviously left him on the pitch, so he wasn't going to walk off and then come back on. And so that 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 obviously contributed um, to. It. I think I think you're right. I think each individual case, like I think the Mitrovic one last year, absolutely deserved a ban. You know, you think back to things like the Canio one in the past and the, the Klopp one that I mentioned. I just felt that the, I just felt the Van Dyke one wasn't. I didn't think it, I mean, it, it was aggressive, but it wasn't, if I was a referee and he was talking to me like that, I would have probably been okay with it. I mean, one of my, my very close mates is actually a referee in Scotland, does a lot of the um, Scottish Premier League games. He's done a number of, refereed a number of old firm games and he's very, he welcomes it. He welcomes that from the players because he just gives it back and he's he's very different to a lot of the referees we see down here in the Premier League who you feel like you can't say anything to. I mean, I feel like, um, uh, totally forget his last name there, Michael uh, Oliver, sorry, who's obviously from up in Newcastle. I think you could probably get away with a bit more with him, like, because I think he's just that sort of character who can who can take it a bit. And my friend John, who's a referee in Scotland, is like that as well. And he likes it, he just gives it back. So you're right, 
you're right. I think one of you guys said that maybe the game was a bit too big for the referee who was in charge on Saturday and, he, and, he, and he, on Sunday, sorry, and he couldn't handle that. But um, yeah, listen, that's just my that's just my personal opinion. But there has to be there has to be a um, a level to it. You can't just you know you can't you can't let it get out of control. I just felt that personally, I felt that him getting sent off at that stage and receiving whatever the ban is afterwards was was enough punishment. But I'm aware that not everyone's going to agree with that. Anyway, enough about referees. Yes, definitely. <laughs> moving, moving, moving on from that, um, to a more sort of happier note, really. Um, Elliot Anderson being called up to the Scottish national team. Um, mm. Keith, you happy about that? Uh, yeah, and by the way, I was trying to get Tino Livramento as well today because uh, his mum's Scottish. Um, <laughs> so, uh, he walked in for the <laughs> for the interview. And uh, I said, your mum's Scottish? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, all right, um, do you know which part? He goes, no, I don't know. He's like, I've never been. I said, all right, so you're not really Scottish then? He goes, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not. Like, he's not interested. But thankfully um, for, for us, Ellie Anderson is. Um, apparently, from what I'm hearing, John Carver, who's the, now the assistant manager at Scotland to Steve Clark, has, be, has been in his ear. He's been in Elliot's ear for months trying to get him involved. <laughs> He's obviously had a brilliant pre-season. I was over there in America with the squad and at first hand saw his performances. He was the him and Lewis Miley were the were the two best players in, in pre-season. Um every player I spoke to, the manager said that he came back by far and away the fittest player. He absolutely smashed them all in the bleep test when he came back and he'd been working hard all summer long. And I think he's probably realized now that listen, he might end up if he if he hung around for England, getting involved in some capacity and maybe get some caps, but I think he looks at Scotland now and we're in a really good position. We've won. I can't. We've got. We're on some ridiculous winning or unbeaten record in qualifiers. We've run. We've won all four out of four in our European Championship, and we could actually in this next um, uh, qualifying uh, double header, which is just in a few weeks' time, we could actually qualify for the Euros. So if we beat Cyprus away in the next game um, and depend on a result elsewhere, we would be playing England um, on, I think it's Wednesday the 12th or 13th, Tuesday the 12th, I think it is. While we're playing England in that friendly match, we could actually qualify for the Euros. So Scotland are on the up. We're, we're playing some great stuff. Steve Clark's got a great group of players together, guys like John McGinn and Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney. We've got really good squad that's getting stronger and stronger and they're actually even better than the sum of their parts and I think someone like Elliot Anderson would really add to the group there I'm not saying he's going to walk into the team but I just think Scotland of the past maybe three four five ten years ago you look at it and you think I don't fancy that I'm not going to but he's looking at it now thinking do you know what if I get involved with Scotland now I can qualify for major championships I can qualify for World Cups because the team is going somewhere so I think Scotland have taken advantage of how how well they've they've done to get him, and I think he's just thought, well, hang on, I'm not gonna, I've not heard anything from England, so let's go and uh, get involved from Scotland. But listen, we need to get that, we need to get that shirt over his head because um, if he does, if he picks up an injury between now and then and rules himself out, he's still open to play for England. And if he doesn't come on against Cyprus in the first match, what he might do is he might he might um, take to the pitch at Hamden against uh, England, have a blinder in front of Gareth Southgate, and Gareth Southgate might poach him because it's a friendly match. So we need to be a bit, we need we need, to be, we need to be a little bit we need to be a little bit careful about this. I think. <laughs> play to say, play to say, give the start, give the start, get it over his head. Uh, that, that's for sure. But um, 
like you said, it's going to be exposed to a lot more football, um, yeah, a lot more football at a high level. So yeah, it can only be uh, a, a good thing for him. Um, I do believe we need to sound the sirens, do we? Yes, I'll sound sound the siren, Richie. If you want to read them out, get to three times. One. Well, no, no, you only got to do it once. Apparently, you got to do it once. Okay. <laughs> and the reason why that is is because Craig uh, Maguire's put in the sorry, Craig Lee's put in in the uh, the chat here. Uh, you, you know, you, you you really strung me up here, Dad. You know, my screen's got such a delay on it, and you're asking me to read it out after it's been oh, put I... out. With. Uh, Wambasaka, Evans, Maguire, Kukurea, Dier, or Dier. I presume he's on about uh, Man United. There's a back <laughs> four, um, and obviously the reason why he said no alarm is he's donated again, just so you don't have to put the the, the super chat alarm out there. Yeah, Craig. But uh, yeah, Jerry Sue as well. Thank you very much, uh, Craig Lee, for both your four pound donations there. And also Jerry Sue ninety nine. Uh, question for Keith, big okay. fan. I enjoy Eddie's press conferences, as do many fans. Uh, get the impression the press enjoy them, unlike the old gaffer maybe. What's the general feeling towards uh, Eddie by the journals? Great question. I, I mean, listen, he's a he's a consummate pro. Um, he's you know, as, as he comes across on camera, I would say he's very similar um, off camera as well. But he always has he has time for you, and he asks how you're doing, and he, he's just he's just a, a genuine nice guy. Like he's just a nice guy who probably doesn't like the limelight, doesn't want to be. Doesn't want the camera thrust in his face. Doesn't want people asking about his life. But he knows it's part of the job, and he knows he just needs to to get on with it. Um, I think for for us guys up in the northeast who deal with him on a daily or weekly basis, we're really sort of lucky to lucky to have him. And he's certainly, I was going to say alongside Rafa, but I'd actually probably put him higher than Rafa in terms of to deal with. Like Rafa, Rafa would always. Quite often he'd pull me over behind after a press conference in the corridor to like just give me a little bit of information or a bit of something, and before you knew it, you were you were two hours later still standing there, and he was just like talking about every footballer and what position they play and the runs that they made, and it got to the stage sometimes when I was like, Rafa, I'm I'm gonna I've got a dentist appointment, like just try and, try and, get, try and get away from him, whereas Eddie doesn't have that amount of time for you, but you know just little things like. In the build-up to the, the Carabao Cup final back in, in February, I'd been asking him for weeks. I'd been saying to him for about six months if I could do a dog walk with him, do an interview while we're doing a dog walk. And he'd remember that I'd asked to do it. And then the week in the Carabao Cup final, before he goes, this would be a good time for you to do the dog walk thing, Keith, now, wouldn't it? So like just you know, little things like that that not all managers w- would do or would have the, the time to do it. Um and he, he kind of gets to know you as a, a person as well, you know, like just little things like, you know, there's nothing worse than being a journalist covering a club and the manager doesn't know your name. Just things like that. Like he knows your knows, knows your name, he knows a bit about you and he make, he kind of makes you feel makes you feel part of it as well. Listen, I think if you came out with something wrong, he would be first to tell you. And I have been in that position with him before and I've got no issue with that whatsoever. Um, but as far as managers I've worked with in the past, I've got to say he's right up there in terms of a media relations Point point of view, and he, he is a he is a he is a joy to 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 work with. Um, sometimes I wish he said a bit more, like you know, when it comes to transfers, or I know he lies to us on a weekly basis about injuries. You know, if he says Fabian Shar's out with the weekend, it means he's fit, and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> and I've kind of got used to that. Um, but I don't think that's anything against us. That's him just trying to get a little one half a percent or one percent advantage over whoever it is they're playing at the weekend. Um but generally speaking, listen, I think he's a I think he's a class act and I think he's by far the main reason why Newcastle are 
where where you are right now. He's been the biggest success story since the takeover, the biggest individual success story. Brilliant stuff. Pete, we've got another super chat while we're on as well, and it's it's gone okay. it's, uh, for Keith again. So if you give us two seconds. Uh, Tony Beasley, uh, he's put on. Uh, Hi, Keith. One realistic player you wish we'd signed. Obviously, you've covered loads of stories over the last two, yeah. three windows. Is the one that you yeah. thought? I thought he was going to come through, and I wish we had. Yeah, well, I mean, the one, the one I've, and, and I'm going to say this is quite an obvious one to say, but having watched the way he started the season and looking at this area of the pitch for Newcastle, I really think Musa Diaby would have been a really good signing for Newcastle. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was brilliant. For did you, I don't know if you guys saw the Villa highlights at, at Burnley at the weekend. He tore he tore Burnley to shreds. And this is a much better Burnley team as well. He was very good on that opening day of the season against Newcastle. And he plays that like inverted wing out on the right-hand side that cuts into his left foot. The finish against Burnley last week was, was sublime. And you look at his numbers from his time in Bayer Leverkusen. I watched him out in um, the summer series out in, in the US in the summer as well. And I thought, this is a really good player here. He's he's a step up. I mean, Amaron's great, works really hard. He's a great team player. But there's no doubt Diaby's a, 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 different, a different level of, of player to him. Um, and I think if they'd got him, I think that would have really a front three of of Diaby, Isak, and Gordon with the likes of Barnes, Almiron, and Wilson to come on. I think would have been a, a a really good addition. There's been plenty. There has been plenty over the over the, the last year and a half, two years since the takeover went through. But that was the one for me that kind of kind of had me licking my lips, thinking he would he would give you a different dimension. Good answer. Great, great minds think alike, though, lads. We we've talked about them for the last three windows as well, haven't we? Even on even the other night when we did the review show. Yeah, look, it, it's going to be Musa Diaby is not going to be obviously coming to Newcastle, but I think we all uh, agree that I think at some point that right hand side will be upgraded, whether it's January, whether it's next summer, it will be kind of the one of the next in line um, for sure. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right, Mr. Diaby. As we've talked about, as Rich has just said, um, uh, any other questions that stick out for you? Um, I, I am mindful that there has been so many questions that have been firing through, um, or we can just go to topics that we've already got uh, ready to, to throw at Keith. Um, there's, uh, yeah. there's quite a few, to be fair. Uh, I, and I think I'll they're covered in the topics, uh, Richie, as well. They're, they're kind of overlay on our topics, I think, a lot, a lot of them. Yeah, um, they have. Uh, See, so Tom Dixon just going up to that one. We'll touch on the forward area. That's Tom Dixon's just said, question for Keith, do you think we'll sign a, a striker? Sorry, do you think we need new stri another striker? Because uh, we really can't rely on Wilson's injury record. No, no. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but no. Um... Even even if look, I don't think anyone will come between now and the end of the window. Um, I think if Botman's injury is is, um, I think if it was something that was going to keep him out for a number of weeks, then I think they might look to try and bring a loan in. Um, I don't think they'd be spending any money on any other players. They've got their targets. They've got who they're looking for. Mm. But Eddie Howe sees Anthony Gordon as someone who could potentially play through the middle like he did for England in the, the Euro, under 21 Euros in the summer. He played like a false nine role and, and very well. He got player of the tournament. So I, he's actually, I think he's actually looking at Isak, Wilson and Gordon as his three options through the middle. So if for whatever reason Isak and Gordon both were missing through injury suspension, he would then play Barnes in the left and Gordon through the middle. 
So, um, no, sorry, it's not the answer you're looking for, but I, I, I really do not see a striker um, or any forward, for that matter, coming in between now and Friday, unless someone does their cruciate, heaven forbid, in training tomorrow and they desperately need someone in. So, unless something like that happens, the only player I could see arriving would be a lone central defender, um, but again, that would only be if Botman is ruled out for a significant amount of time. I think if he's only out for a couple of weeks, I think they'll just go with what they've got. The international break does help them, doesn't it? The fact that after Brighton, there is a little bit of a break. So um, it could be potentially during that period in which they can get in Botman fit. But uh, have you had any indications on, on the severity of that injury? I know we had a little bit of an update um, the other day. It wasn't as severe, but... Yeah, well, I was up at the training ground today, um, and the kind of word was that they didn't. The wording was they didn't think it was too bad. Now I don't know what that means. Does that mean a couple of weeks? Does that mean a couple of months? Does that mean he'll probably be walking out with the armband on on Saturday night against Brighton? You know what I mean? What I know is what I know is whatever Eddie says on Friday morning at his news conference, you can bet your bottom dollar it's the exact opposite. So um, I don't know. It's 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 hard to tell, but. I think if it, I think if it was severe, we probably would have got word by now. So it just depends how long, you know. Um, like you say, Pete, I think if um, I think if if you got the international week, that might work in your favour. Um, but even if he doesn't play this weekend, I think they'll probably just go with Dan Byrne in there. I know he obviously was kind of at fault for the the second goal, Liverpool's second goal, but I think they would just put Dan Byrne in there and, and, and play at a target or Hall at, at left back. Um, I think the whole idea of signing Hall, I know a lot of people have been saying, why is Matt Target not allowed to go if clubs are coming in for him? Why is it? The whole idea of signing Hall was to then see uh, Byrne as a, a potential centre-back moving forward, you know, to give cover for Sven Botman exactly this situation. Um, so that's why Target hasn't been allowed to go because Target and Hall are going to be seen as the left-backs. And I think, you know, as the season progresses... I can see Hall probably becoming the number one left back. I think Dan Byrne will stay there for a for a little bit longer, um, unless of course there's a necessity to move in into centre back if, if Botman is missing. So um, yeah, listen again. I know it's not what you want to hear, but I just I just don't think they're going to add unless unless the Botman thing is serious and the kind of word we're getting is that it's not too bad. So maybe he's going to miss the weekend game, but is back after the international break. Not the worst, you know. It's um, you if you've got if you're missing a player for one game or two games, and he's going to play the vast majority of the season. He's hardly missed a game since he's been there. You'll you, you'll probably take that, wouldn't you? So Keith, just to clarify, but we, so before the Batman injury, you thought we were we we're done, done, uh, and and now you, you're thinking oh, it's only a, a maybe. Uh, yeah. dip into the mar to the loan yeah. market. Let's say if, if only, only, yeah, only. Just to clarify, only if. I only think, um, or what I'm, what I'm kind of my reading of the situation is from the stuff I'm hearing is that um, the club will only dip into or attempt to dip into the loan market if the Botman injury is serious. But it doesn't sound like it's serious, so I think that's probably going to be unlikely that anyone comes in. Okay. Just, um, just then, maybe to follow up on that because I'm sorry, Peter, if I'm jumping ahead here a bit. No, but, no, no, no. Uh, what about what about? Uh, like the, the Harry, Harry Maguire's name has been mentioned in a few circles today and, and yesterday, maybe. Are, are you are you hearing any other names, like potential names for if we, yeah. if, we, if we were to dip into the loan market? 
Yeah, well, I mean, Harry Maguire is someone that could potentially, I think, be loaned. Um, we see the situation with Manchester United. He's not played for a long time. He's, he's clearly not one of the favourites. I think I think one of you guys posted the team there. I think he's starting tonight, is he? Or I, I'm not sure, but he's. Um, I think he's unhappy there in terms of like I know the people who are close to Harry quite well, and he's obviously unhappy about his treatment over the summer, like being stripped of the captaincy, etc. But he's got a there's a financial implication to any transfer for him to leave. So if he was to leave Man United, whether it be on loan or permanent, I think he's due some kind of loyalty payment that they weren't they didn't really want to pay. So that's why the move to West Ham fell through. Um, so that's going to be the same situation for Newcastle. And you've also got to remember someone like Harry Maguire, if he was to come to Newcastle, would become the highest earner. You know, he, he earns more at Man United than anyone does at Newcastle by a, by a distance. So if Newcastle were to sign him permanently, they'd have that to deal with. I don't think it all comes down to finances. And someone like him, who, who's earning probably about £200,000 a week, isn't then going to go to Newcastle for 125,000. He's just not he's just not going to do it. He would just he would he would wait around until an offer came up that was that was acceptable because that's these players are just trying to make as much money as they can. So um that wouldn't happen in a permanent and I could see a loan being more likely. I just think it's a very difficult deal to do late in the window. Um I, I just don't know if Newcastle with a couple of days to go in the window are in a position to do such a big deal as that. Um, I think it would more likely be someone who it's hard to it's hard to pluck a name, but you know when you're seeing quite a lot of the sort of younger players. I mean, we saw like that Cole Palmer today potentially go to Chelsea from yeah. it's probably more likely to be someone like that rather than a tried and tested player who's going to be on massive wages. Um so no, honestly, I've not I've not heard of any names. Uh, in particular, um, I know that Eddie Howe does like Harry Maguire, but I just think the finances would make that any deal for him too difficult. And I mean, in terms of the money he's owed by Manchester United and what he needs to sort out there, and also the wages that he'd be looking for at Newcastle. Because the one thing Eddie said over and over again is he doesn't want to bring players in who are going to upset the apple cart and who are going to break the wage structure. So every player that bought so far, well, you've no. I mean, you you know for a fact, guys like Hall and Livermento, they're not coming in as the highest high, highest earners. Tenali will be right. Tenali will be right up there, and Bruno, of course, when they signed him a year and a half ago. But if guys like Bruno and Tenali are turning around and seeing Harry Maguire coming in at two hundred thousand pound, they're going to want to get. They're going to want to get that as well. And then then you're causing yourself a you're causing yourself a problem. And again, all comes down to financial fair play. Newcastle don't have the revenue streams coming in at the moment to pay players two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand pound a week. They just don't have it. If they did that, they'd then cut their nose off to spite their face, and they wouldn't have the money for transfer fees. So they've just got to box really clever moving forward. I do see the wages. I see the the wages rising over the transfer windows, and we've seen that already. There's players in there now getting paid one hundred twenty five, one hundred thirty thousand a week, whereas maybe four years ago your top earner was on eighty thousand. So it is creeping up, but it's not going to jump up quickly to two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand. So that rule that makes it difficult to bring in guys like Harry Maguire unless they're willing to take a wage cut. My information is he's not, so that's why he's still at Man United. I was going to add to that as well is that uh, there's rumours that. Varane might be out for about six weeks, which might well, well stop with the deal. If that is the case, I don't know. At all. But they, they, they're going to then need him with Martinez, uh, Lindelof, 
and Maguire himself because of the options they've got available. But um, uh, uh, what I wanted to do just just really quickly before we kind of move on to, to a different section, because you talked about, you know, would there be a cheap option there? There's there's Tosin added a Rabio. Um, you know, Jordan Cronin talked about him today as a potential option because I think he has got a year left on his contract and, and does want out of Fulham. But also, what I wanted to know, from your, from your perspective and from what you knew, Keith, with regards to all these rumours that were flying around over the summer, the likes of Perchels um, um, from Torino, scored at the weekend, good centre-back, a uh, friend of Sven Botman as well, and the likes of Antonio Silva. Like, were they genuine options that you were aware of with regards to Newcastle that they were looking at, or are they just kind of rumours that have just been flying about? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they were options. I don't think they were all options, but I certainly think that they were players who have been discussed. Um, I mean, Newcastle have signed four players this window, but they've probably discussed round about thirty. You know, like until they get down to their shortlist of four or five, they've, they they discuss so many more. So, I think maybe some, maybe not all of the guys you mentioned there um, have been discussed. But then it's like it's a bit almost like going for a job interview. Really, you go for the interview, but then you know you go for a second interview, then it gets brought down, and then the shortlist becomes two, three, and then you pick your you pick your person that you want for for that position. I think if Eddie Howe had had his choice, he would have been he would have brought in one more player and I think he would have liked to have brought in another central defender but it came to a point in the window two weeks ago where he had to pick between a left back and a, and a centre back, one of the two and he decided to go for Hall because Hall was available at what he thought was a good price um, and he thought he never thought he'd be able to get him out of Chelsea but Chelsea needed to trade because of the amount of players that they've, they've brought in so um yeah, I think, listen, I think he would have liked to have brought in a centre-half. I think probably a couple of the guys that you mentioned there were on the original list. I think they were originally spoken about. Um, but, the, but it came down to one or the other and he decided that he wanted a left-back. I mean, all along, we were told that the first thing they would do is bring in a central midfielder, did that. Then we were told they were going to bring in a... Um, uh, a, a winger, a left, a left or right winger, which they've done. Say, then we're told they're going to bring in a full back and a centre back. But I think he decided to change his mind over the summer to go from not just a, a it was a right back then a centre back, not just a right back centre back. He decided to go right back, left back. So he, they changed their mind away from the centre back, and I think they felt they could probably get enough out of the the, the regular two regular starters with Dan Byrne and Jamal Lascelles as, as kind of backup moving forward. Um, I think ideally we'd have rather had another. He would have chosen to have another central defender in, but he came, as I say, it came down to because of financial fair play, they could only have one or the other, and they decided they thought Hall was the better move in the long term. Listen, it's not ideal in terms of the starting eleven because you look at the team now, and other than Sandro Tonali, has the team the first starting eleven as a starting eleven really improved since last season? Not really, because like Livramento and Hall aren't seen right now as starters, and obviously Barnes is kind of seen as second choice at the moment to Gordon. But without doubt, the squad's improved. The squad has definitely improved. It's just the start. The starting eleven has them. Um, which kind of then? I'm just grabbing. I'm just grabbing my charger, guys. I've left it over there. One sec. No, go for it. With um, to be fair, it, I think we've got super chats. Yeah, we? super chats. We do. Uh, Richie, we've got you again. <laughs> right, let's have a look. Uh, I know one is off our good friend uh, Jimmy. I'll come to that one after because obviously it's actually directed at Keith and Keith, isn't it? Uh, and Charlie Hotspur. 
Uh, he said, yes, Charlie. Again, much appreciated, Charlie. Uh, Keith now back to our last. Uh, I'll tell him Jimmy's uh, post. He basically says, just wanted to say th- thanks for Keith for taking time to take a picture with me at Atlanta. Nice background feed, better than that bombshell you were wearing before. <laughs> where, where, did, where was the photograph? Is it, have we got it there? Can we see it? Uh, no, no uh, he might. Uh, uh, Jimmy, if I'll you get it. I'll take a Carry on, and I'll, I'll try and find it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the photo. You'll remember, remember, you'll, remember, you'll remember Jimmy when you see the picture. He's what, a lovely uh, bloke, Jimmy. What, I, don't know if it, I don't know if it was in the stadium or in the, on, or in the pub or outside the ground, but that stadium in Atlanta that Darren Neal's essentially built from scratch. What I've never been in a stadium like that in my life. Off, it's the best stadium I've ever visited. Unbelievable. Honestly, what a place. Which is a shame because Atlanta itself wasn't the nicest place, but the stadium was just surreal. Honestly, it was incredible. Um, we actually had, um, because we were rights ho- or secondary rights holders for the game, myself and my cameraman, despite the fact we were doing nothing during the game, we were giving these... Um, it was like a bench at the side of the pitch, like a, almost like a bar. It was like a bar, and we were sat there. And like every ten minutes, there was staff coming over and giving us popcorn and candy floss and big like bottles of uh, fizzy pop and stuff. We we're sitting watching the game, and Raheem Sterling and Lewis Hall was there as well for Chelsea. We we're like warming up in front of me, like a yard, and I could have just reached out and just like touched them. Meanwhile, we were just sitting there, just like necking beers and and and. <laughs> And eating popcorn and candy floss and ice creams. It was like we were at the cinema. It was just the most surreal, like pitch pitch level, right at the side of the pitch. It was just, it was just a strange, strange experience. It was great. Don't get me wrong, but it was, um, it wasn't like how you get football here. Living the dream, living living the dream. Do you want me to ask a couple more questions while we're waiting for Daz to get that picture, Pete? Oh yeah, it, it, it'll take me a while. Work away. Oh, oh Pete, don't, don't don't worry, Daz. Don't worry about it. It's fine. He'll find it. Don't worry, Keith. He'll, he'll find it. He's on a mission now. He's got the bit Paul Jimmy. Team. That's the good thing. Yeah. Stewie Amos is what he says. Uh, Keith, and obviously this is this is probably going to be something to the any 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 possible incomers may depend on outgoings as well. Um, obviously, what happened with uh, the Isaac Hayden deal? Luton he's assuming it was a failed medical as well, uh, but also uh, Tom Dixon's mentioned. About the rumours of uh, there was talk of Lascelles going to Besiktas as well, and obviously there's also another one about Jeff Hendrick leaving uh, potentially three Championship clubs after him. Have you got anything anything going on the outgoings at all, Keith? Right. Well, let, so let's start on um, let's start on Hayden. So um, my information there is that it wasn't the medical; it was um, they didn't agree terms. So New, Newcastle had agreed to allow him to go. And then he got down there for the medical and then the deal wasn't quite as had been promised to him um, or has, has dis, uh, has, was it ex- described to him originally. So he um, so he just decided it wasn't for him. You, you've got to remember all these guys, your Isaac Haydens and your Jeff Hendricks, they're all earning 40, 50,000 pounds a week at Newcastle. So that's just why it's hard to shift them. So, I mean, someone like, for example, someone like Hendrick last season was at Reading on loan. He's on he earns fifty thousand pounds a week at Newcastle with Jeff Hendrick. And Reading Reading were paying six thousand of his fifty thousand. So Newcastle so Newcastle, despite not having this guy and he couldn't be any further out of the picture, were still having to contribute forty four thousand pounds every week to this guy's wages. And 
obviously he's not part of the he's not part of the setup there. He's not part of the plans moving forward. But these guys were given these long long deals by Mike Ashley before he left to try and protect them and protect the long term future of the club. But it's actually not. It's done the complete opposite. So Ryan Fraser's another one. He's on big money. So he's been loaned. I don't know the exact details of it, but I would imagine Newcastle are paying more than half of his wages moving forward. I don't think it'll be as big a... Southampton can afford a lot more than what Reading can because they've obviously been in the Premier League for so many years. But I think he's on about £60,000, £65,000 a week. So I would imagine Southampton are probably paying 20 something like that, I guess. I don't know the exact numbers. I'm speculating a little bit, but, you know, so they're having to do that. And then for Hendrick example, Newcastle will try and extract as much as they can, but you know, if they get if they get someone to pay ten thousand of his fifty thousand, that's a result for them. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So it's a shame that they're not part of the, the plan. I mean Isaac Hayden has got three years left in his deal. You know? So I don't know I don't know the exact reason, financial reason why, but um I'm told and I have spoken to sort of sources very close to the deal, I'm told it wasn't a, it wasn't a failed medical, it was actually just a financial um, thing that they couldn't iron out. I would imagine Isaac will still get a club though between now and the end. He's desperate to play football. He's not someone who's going to want to sit there for the next six months and not play. So um, he'll get something sorted between now and Friday. He did um, it didn't he? Uh, where yeah. he really quickly because he wanted to play football. He did That's- that quickly, didn't he? Yeah, he did that really quickly at the time. This one's been dragged out. I mean, I... I messaged him the other day and just said, that's a really good deal for you at Luton. Like I said, that's, uh, and he goes, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. And then obviously it fell through. So he was desperate to, oh, I think if the opportunity to still play Premier League football and put himself up against some of the best players in the world would have been would have been great for him. And I actually think it would have been a good fit for him there as well. So that's him. Who else did you ask about? Lascelles. Um, so as I say, I was in Lisbon over the weekend Um I've got a note from one of my colleagues um, at Sky Sports News, one of a fellow reporters, to say he'd heard that Besiktas um, had, uh, were about to make a serious offer for him. Um, I checked out with my sources at Newcastle. Um, and yeah, Darmesh it was, yeah. So I didn't want to name him because we weren't fully in agreement <laughs> about this one. But um, listen, he might, he might have it from sources at his end in Turkey or the agent, but... Certainly, um, when I asked Newcastle and um, and um, Jamal Lascelles representatives about it, they were unaware. So um, there might be interest there, but at that stage, they didn't know about it. So it sounded quite, it sounded quite sort of um, exploratory. Like it sounded quite early. The fact that the fact they were unaware of it. So. I, I listen, I don't think he'll go. I really don't. I just think with the Botman situation and the fact that the club are short and bodies at the back, I don't think he'll go. If you'd asked me that question at the start of the transfer window, I would have said 100% he will go. So he's, he's, dug his, he's dug his heels in and he's still there. But listen, he might still have to play a bit. If, if Botman's going to be out, he might. I'm saying Dan Byrne will play, but they, 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 could, they could play him. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, he's the great great survivor, isn't he? He's been there for about eight, seven yeah. or eight years now and he's having punch-ups on the street and he's still surviving. He's had a busy week, yeah. yeah. Well, well I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but, I mean, Jamal Lascelles, you, you've touched on it and obviously um, you've kind of um, touched on a, a point that Craig Hope made um, uh, in, in his sort of tweet out that, you know, he's not going to face any disciplinary action um, for the incident that, that had been obviously on social media. Um, he's got the full backing of the club. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, that, that is the situation. It, 
look, I think we've all seen the video now. It did look that way. So I think from my perspective, I think it was the right decision. But do, do, do you all agree that was the right decision? Uh, I mean, for me, it's difficult to give an opinion because we've only seen a snapshot of what, what's going on, really. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, I don't think any player should be throwing punches in the street. Certainly, if I saw anything like that in my situation, I'd probably run away rather than get involved. But I suppose it depends what the situation is. It sounded like his, his his friend was in a bit of a bad condition and his brother was getting attacked. So, listen, you can understand it, absolutely. I'm not here to be judge and jury, really. Um, I just feel that players need to be a little bit more careful and they probably don't need to be out at four o'clock in the morning, especially when they've they've just played Manchester City away earlier that night. I mean, he wouldn't have got back, he wouldn't have got back into Newcastle until at least until midnight, maybe later. I probably shouldn't have been going out at, at that time. Hmm. I wouldn't imagine the manager would be too happy about that either. Sort of would be my reading of that situation. But the club obviously the club internally will make the decision and the decision's already be, already been made that they felt that he was acting in uh, in self defence and that's so listen, that's up to them. It's not it's not me to really have an opinion on that. That my my opinion only would be as a club captain, I think you need to be a little bit more careful than being out at four o'clock in the morning and putting yourself in that putting yourself in, you know, you're you're a you're a sitting duck really. You're 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 there and you know that these situations can happen. <clears throat> Keith, just uh, following on from that, you know, obviously the, the interest came out of what Darmish mentioned about Besiktas. Do you think that those sort of stories can possibly come out because obviously the event with Lascelles was there, what you look at 10 days ago now, where you know other clubs might hear about a certain event and Newcastle might not be happy about it. And then obviously, you know, other clubs think, oh, we might be able to get this player in now because he might have yeah. like. Burnt can I be Rangers. honest? I think I think that sorry to interrupt you. I think that can be the situation in, in many deals. I think I think you're definitely onto something here. But from the timeline that I'm aware of with the Lascelles situation, I don't think so. When I heard of that, the the Besiktas interest from Vietnamis last Friday, um, I don't think the club were actually aware of what had happened the previous week at that point. Uh. I think that only I think they only learned. I think I think Jamal had probably thought that it gone away and it. You know, it was. I don't think they were actually made aware of it until the the video footage surfaced over the weekend. I think it was on Sunday or Monday, wasn't it? Sunday night, Monday. I, I, it was a gate Monday, wasn't it? The bank holiday yeah. Monday. I think they were only made aware of it then. So, um, yeah, I, I take your point. Um, I think that definitely is the way certain things work, but I don't think in this situation it was. Back to Jimmy for a second, because I've got the picture of, of Jimmy. So this this guy, you, you might remember, he was he's very shy. Is our Jimmy? So uh, I see, uh, see, do you remember him? Here he is. Oh, I do remember him. What a guy! <laughs> you know, I read up a little bit about him afterwards because um, he's on he's on Twitter and he's quite a big. Uh, He's he's quite he's got quite a big following I think on Twitter actually and I read up and he'd been in a I think he'd been in an accident or something was it he'd been in a car accident or something like that anyway I was reading up about him afterwards and it's his story was just like so um, inspiring and he was such a nice guy when he came over and uh, you could tell like everyone knew him like he was just going around and it was like every single person he went past they were like all right Jimmy how you doing yeah oh I'm glad that's who it was I'm glad I asked for the photograph now. Um, yeah, he was, he, was, he was a really, really, really cool guy, actually. He's, he's so, kind of a big deal around these parts, Keith. He's kind of a big deal around there, yeah. <laughs> oh, do, you guys, do you guys, oh, so you guys know him quite well then, do you? 
Yeah, he's, he's been yeah. on the show a few times. Uh, back back uh, when we used to do a, a live his, show, uh, guys. What's his, twi- what's, his hand- what's his Twitter handle again? Uh, I'm, I'm happy. Jimmy Moore, isn't it? Yeah, Jimmy Moore. Yeah, um, Moore. we'll send it on to you. We'll send it on to you, Keith. Is it? Um, no, no. it um, I've got it here. It's at, at Jimmy Moore um, twelve. Right, because I was reading about him on his. I'm sure I followed him. Um, capital J, capital M, Jimmy Moore. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, no, I didn't follow him, but I thought I had. So, award-winning um, photojournalist, and it was a car accident. I thought that, yeah, in a car accident that left him paralysed 10 years, 12 years ago, still smiling. And he was smiling that day as well, let me tell you. He was, um, <laughs> he, he, he lit the place up when he came over. It was really nice to meet him, actually. So, if you are listening, Jimmy, nice to, uh, nice to see you again and nice to hear from you. Love it. You, you didn't meet him, he met you. Or, no, the other way around. I'll I'm be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one we didn't talk about was um, uh, Javier Manquillo. Um, it, it was talked about, uh, like I say, Jordan Cronin uh, reported on it. There's a couple of people that were reported on um, the fact that Eddie Howard mentioned that you know, he could potentially leave before Friday, but only if he wants to. I think he might have said that in one of his uh, one of his presses or might have talked about it um, off camera. Do you see that deal kind of transpiring? I know he's not really been involved much recently. I think he had a little bit of... Yeah. Do you know what? what? You actually, it sounds bad. I forgot he was still there until I saw that photo of him. You know, you actually almost... You kind of almost like forget about it. I mean, guys like himself, Matt Ritchie, Paul Dummett haven't been involved in the in any of the matchday squads for the first three Mark games. Gillespie. Mark Gillespie, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark Gillespie's essentially like a training keeper. He's there just kind of train the goalies now. But um uh I mean Mankey was a strange one because I actually think he's all right, you know. I actually think he's not a bad player. And mm. you know, I, I actually think I know he's not gonna be a long term played it right back and that's why Livermento's been brought in to do to do that but I actually think as a backup right back he's not he's, he's actually not a bad option like uh, the pre-season games over in the US he was decent he was actually decent he can play at left back as well but um it's a strange one that I wonder if I wonder if 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 the if the situation with Botman might, you know, if, if Botman is going to be missing for a bit of time, wonder if that means Mankio might stay because then he can then be another. I don't know. I don't listen. I, I think if the club could get a fee for him or get his wages off the book, the books, I think they would take would, would would take it. But again, it comes down to the money he's getting at Newcastle, and is he go, is he going to get that same same money elsewhere? Um, do you know? I think that's one that could go either way. Like I see Hayden and Hendrick will definitely get fixed up. I think Lascelles will definitely stay. Mankio, uh, don't know. Honestly, that one could go either way. It's a strange one. Because as I say, I'd forgot he was even still there. Definitely. Interesting. Um, look, we're, I think there's a few more questions, but I just wanted to get your opinion because um, the Carabao Cup draw is taking place tonight, if I'm right. In oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, Newcastle's ball is number 20 uh, in the draw. Um from your opinion, boys, I want to get your all your opinions. He's smelling another cup run in the Carabao. Get that cup. back up. Get that list back up. Let's see who's. Let's see who's there. Uh, the comments in the way and one. Oh no, it's no, it's fine. Honey, you uh, fancy it? Trainers aren't there. Sutton United away. That would do you. <laughs> or Salford yeah. away even. Although Salford beat Leeds last night. 
do you know what? That was, I mean, for you guys as fans, that must have been amazing last year. But I mean, to cover it, um, that day down at Wembley, um, just the whole day, I'd hardly slept the night before. I'd gone to the pub the night before and I, I don't know what it was. I just, I kind of knew it was going to be a big day that I probably slept about two hours and I got to Wembley about half eight in the morning. I was absolutely shattered. And um, I, I don't know how I got through the day, but that, that kind of three hours before kickoff, I think it was a four or a half, four kickoff, probably from about 12 up until about four, was just incredible. It was incredible just seeing the like um, the emotion on people's faces and people were just fans were walking about crying and stuff. And the game hadn't even kicked off yet. And it was just, it was just, it was just them being back again. It was just them, it was just them being back at the you know, with an opportunity and a chance. And I'm sure you'll all have seen that clip that went viral, that fan I interviewed who, you yeah. know, started crying and just said, I'm just, we're back. I don't even care if we win. This fact we're back and we're trying and well, and it was amazing. And I, I honestly, the whole weekend, the Trafalgar Square the night before, it was amazing. It was so, so good. Um, I just think a lot of people can look at, you saw Ange Postacoglu last night, Spurs got knocked out by um, Fulham. And you could see on his face, he saw it as a real opportunity missed because you can get a real amount of um, credit in the bank with fans, especially a team like Spurs who have not won anything for so long, and Newcastle as well, to by winning a by winning a winning a trophy because that's what makes fans happy. It gives them a day out, and that was an amazing weekend at Wembley last year. And listen, I know Newcastle have got bigger priorities this year, absolutely, but what a, it would be great to do that again. I just, if I'm honest. I really think he'll mix it up a lot. I think Eddie Howe will mix it up a, a lot in the Carabao Cup. You know, I can see, I can see really, really sort of um, not weakened teams. That's unfair to say, but I think I can see him making like like wholesale changes for these yeah, games. Rotation. I just, I just think with the Champions League and the Premier League, it's too much to be trying to play a strong team in the cups as well. And I can see all your, you know, if Manquillo is still there or. Um, all your Dummets and your Richie and all these guys, they'll all play, they'll all be the, the mainstay of the cup cup team. And is that going to be enough to get to your cup final? Probably not. So it's a shame because that was an amazing, that was an amazing weekend away. I'm sure you guys all agree. Yeah. yeah. We're hoping for we're hoping for favourable draws that get that, that move us along whilst we're transitioning into the Champions mm-hmm. League. Uh, that's for sure. But it's possible. You, you see some of the teams in the Carabao Cup that have got to the last stages that have not really had a tough draw mm-hmm. and had to juggle European football on top. So it could potentially work. I know we haven't got long with you left, Keith. Um, Sorry, no, I'm just checking. I'm just getting notes through all the time about um, just Darmesh has just sent a note here about the that Cole Palmer deal. So this is, I'm not being rude and I'm looking at my phone, but I'm just like with two days, in the wind, two days in the window to go. I'm in like, a, I've got like a group chat and they're constantly just putting stuff up that they've got to yeah. break in or things. So I'm just like, I always worry that I'm missing something in case someone sends a Newcastle thing through to check and I don't see it. So I'm just... <laughs> My girlfriend's always saying to me, she's like, would you put that phone in? I'm like, do you not notice it? Like, I'm, it's glued to my hand in the last few days. It's, and it's not it's not that I think something's going to happen. It's just that I'd kick myself if I didn't check it and I just mm-hmm. left it lying there. So, Anton, breaking news, if, if even outside of Newcastle? Yeah. Want yeah. to share? Yeah, nah, nothing really. Well, I'm trying to, as soon as I come off to you guys, I know it's not in your stratosphere at the moment, but as soon as I come off to you guys, I'm going to try and get an update on the... Um, 
Ross Stewart, the Sunderland striker who um, Southampton are trying to sign. So yeah. if he goes, which looks likely from what I'm hearing, that is going to leave them wafer thin because he's he's their only it leaves them like just one one striker and he's just a kid they've got left. So I'm going to try and get an update from that when I get off the phone to uh, get off the call to you guys. I'm sure that I'm sure that the people in the chat, the 360 plus that are watching right now, are shedding a tear. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that, uh, Pete, because two two of the starred questions were, "Why are you not reporting on developments in Roger Park?" Uh, and I think also our good uh, admin Lisa, she also did exactly the same. Uh, are you still getting sick of concentrating on the only decent club in the northeast? Well, I tell you what, Lisa. I tell you what. Last week, um, I was did I was doing the Sunderland. Uh, uh, who were they playing? Rotherham game for Soccer Saturday. And um, obviously it was the day of the Man City-Newcastle match. And uh, even Tony Mowbray came down for his post-match interview following their 2-1 win with me. And he said, well, you watching the big one later? I said, sorry. <laughs> I, said, I said, sorry, Tony. He goes, you know, you watching the big one, your priority. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you know, the Newcastle game, you're going to get back in time. And I was like, not you as well. Like, why Why are you going to? And he goes, and he goes, uh, I said, actually, Tony, I'm not because I'm going to a wedding reception, so I'm going to miss it. He goes, you'll be watching it on your phone. You know, you'll be watching it on your phone. And, <laughs> and I'm like, are you? F-? I didn't know if he was winding me up or if he was actually being like, I don't know. I was just like, I couldn't believe that that was coming out. That was something he was even bothered with. I'm hoping someone had told him on the way down the tunnel to wind me up about it and that's what it was I'm hoping it wasn't anything serious because that is that is new levels of chips on shoulders if even the manager's saying it when he knows how it works and he's not a yeah. Sunderland fan himself last, last, uh, last thing from, from, from our perspective because I know that time's short um, it would be rude not to ask you about the, the situation with this with uh, with added, that's the first of the ninth. It, it obviously was leaked, uh, unfortunately. Um, loads of seen pictures today, um, mm. and we, we put a picture on um, with the Adidas sign outside the strawberry. Um, you know, what do you make of all uh, of uh, the leak, um, the the effective deal? We don't know how it's going to be and how it's going to be structured when it gets announced. I think we'll know a little bit more. What do you make of all of it, Adidas related? Coming back Who to was the leak. Who was the leak? Was it Amazon? Was it yeah? Amazon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't well, you wouldn't see that from Sky Sports, I'll tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet about the documentary because although I thought it was decent enough TV, I get frustrated because it's access that we don't get and the, the amount of money we plow into you know the Premier League and these football clubs every year. And we've not had an interview with the Newcastle chairman, you know, like we've, and they had so much access to the owners and we get bits and pieces here and there. So mm-hmm. I've got to be in my body. Obviously the, 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 the um, documentary only happened because Amazon and the club came to us cap in hand saying, look, can we, can we do this? Cause the club knew they were getting revenue and also they knew it was a chance to, it was a good PR exercise for the owners. Absolutely. We, we see that by watching it. Um, and uh, the club, the club wanted to do it and Amazon wanted to do it. So Sky allowed it to happen. But yeah, I feel sometimes we don't get rewarded or we don't get anything back. Like whereas our interview with the chairman that we've been asking for for a year and a half. So anyway, listen, that's me just bumping my gums a little bit. But um, uh, in terms of Adidas deal, um, I don't know the figures involved, but without doubt it's going to be significantly more money than what, the deal is with with Castor, and that these are these are what's required, isn't it? We saw we saw in the documentary, we saw 
Peter Silverstone and um, Darren Neal's talking at length about how the new seller deal was bringing in significantly more income, which is going to help with FFP. The Adidas situation will will be the exact same as same as well. But I think for you guys as well, it's just probably quite nice to go back to Adidas because it, it takes you back to that yeah. shirt from the the mid nineties with the the old granddad collar. Um, so no, I, I mean if I'm honest, I try not to get too involved. I'm too busy with other things to get involved in all the commercial deals. I'll leave that to them, and I'll almost just wait until they in, until they happen. So. Um, what date was it? Was it the first? Yeah, so that's Friday. So I'm sure, I'm sure all will be revealed then if there's anything left to reveal. Keith, I have another follow, follow, different different question. It's, it's where do you with the, with the Champions League draw tomorrow? Where do you not want to have to go to? Oh, lovely question. That I was actually looking at the other day. Um, well, I mean, Shakhtar Donetsk would probably would probably not want to go there. Um, I know they're I know they're play, I know they're playing their I know they're playing their football elsewhere at the moment. But um, uh, oh, right, this sounds a bit ridiculous. Do you know where I, Do you know where I, I wouldn't want to go? I wouldn't want to go to Barcelona. And the reason for that is I've covered a number of games there before, and I would love to just go to places that I've not been before. So I'd really like to go to Dortmund. Um, and I've never been to the Bernabeu, so I'd love to go to Real Madrid. Um, and I've just spent the weekend in Lisbon, and what a place it is. I didn't realise how good it was, so I would not complain if uh, Benfica were, were pulled out. Um, bring the golf clubs. Say that again? You bring the oh, golf clubs oh. with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there'll, be, there'll be no time for that. But I do... Um, my boss said to me, he said, just so you know, because I offered to go over to the draw tomorrow, and he said, look, we would, norm- we would, but we don't get much from it, so we'll just get some reaction from you in Newcastle. I went, right, okay, fine. Um, and then he said, uh, so here we go, here's an email just come through about a transfer. Look at this, right? So this is, this is about, should the Cole Palmer deal go through, it would take the spending at Chelsea under Todd Bowley ownership to 1.02 billion. <laughs> Jesus man. Christ, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, so, it's quite um, funny. It's, I was going to say, it's quite funny you just mentioned that, Kate, because I was on Talk Sport earlier on the radio on the turn and said, apparently Chelsea have cut subsidies for Chelsea away fans because they can't really afford it. I saw that. The bus, like the £10 sub- yeah. bus subsidy. Yeah, ridiculous. Honestly, it's, it's actually disgusting. Um... What was I saying? Yeah, so um, I was looking at it and I was just thinking, so my boss said to me, right, you'll be go- you're will be you not going to the draw, he said, but you'll be doing the Champions League games so long as there are good, exciting games. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, we'd obviously send you to Milan or Madrid, but we're not sending you to Kazakhstan. And uh, I'm like, please tell me Kazakhstan aren't. There's no team for Kazakhstan. In the draw. <laughs> then I was looking at the games tonight, and I'm like, God, there might be a few shit teams in there that I might not get to go to. So, um, yeah, listen. Um, well, on that note, the bigger teams, the better, because then I'm going to be there. So maybe, uh, I mean, I'd chat to Donetsk. I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go there. So, um, it's, listen, it's just going to be amazing to go. It's going to be amazing to be there and just... I actually think... The St James's Park Champions League games are probably going to be even better. I just think yeah. those, those those nights are just going to be incredible um, because it's all coming to you and it's all there. I just think those nights will be great. So um, I don't know who do you guys want to get or who do you not want to get. 
I don't mind. I'm open to anyone. Just just the just the, the thrill of the actual draw. Look, looking forward to finishing work tomorrow, picking up my little boy from school and uh, from uh, after school, and then uh, watching the draw. It's just something different. Where it's, just, it's yeah. been so long. You know, Celtic would be good. I know it's only up the road, but I think Celtic would be an amazing atmosphere home and away. Celtic <laughs> against Newcastle would be crazy. Obviously, Rangers is a club I used to work at. Um, but obviously you played there in the summer. You were just up there just a matter of weeks ago. And I just, Rangers still need to qualify. They're playing tonight, aren't they? But I think Celtic, well, you've got Celtic there in the same pot as Newcastle. So yeah. I think I think there's a slight, I think that can change slightly. Am I right in saying Newcastle could potentially be in pot three? Or is it, is no, that changing? Definitely, definitely pot four. Yeah. Definitely four. I knew a couple of weeks, all right. So they, so they can't draw Celtic. So let's have a look then. So, uh Oh God! What would your crazy. ideal draw be, just before you go, Keith? Ideal what draw, right? So let's look. Um, Bayern, I think Bayern. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be great. I think Bayern or PSG in part one. Um, I'm probably going to go Bayern. I just think with Harry Kane being there and all that, I think it'd be quite cool. <laughs> part two, um, I'm going to go Dortmund. I'd really like. To, well, I've got Real Madrid, and so I can only go yeah. one of the two of them, can't we? <laughs> uh, I think between the two, I'd probably go. Well, if I've said Bayern and Pot One, it would then need to be. It couldn't be another German team, so let's go Bayern, Real Madrid, and then who have we got here? So we've got AK Athens, Lazio, AC Milan. Milan, I think. Milan. Um, is that Braga? Who's that one next to Rangers? Who's that? Is it fight? Is that final? Oh no, final. Well, no, Braga. That is Braga to be confirmed. Braga. Braga um, yeah. Is I think AK Athens at the other side. I think Lazio because I'd quite like to go to Rome. So Lazio, um, and then obviously Newcastle. So, so I mean, I'm giving I'm giving you a bit of a pot a group of death there, but Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and Lazio. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, a pot two, you might go easy on us and go. You know what? Maybe Porto, maybe, maybe nah. a trip down to Portugal as a north place. Let's get the big teams, finish third, and get into that Europa League. And as uh, as my colleague Craig Hope said on the True Faith podcast we did not so long ago, let's get into that Europa League so we can go to the Stag Do destinations. <laughs> well, uh, Keith, you, you kind of you kind of swung me there. You you, you swung me there. You know, there's a few golf places there that I could take advantage of maybe later Mate, on. And the finals in drink- Dublin, the Europa The amount you'll be drinking out there, you will not be able to hit a golf ball. You'll be looking at the golf ball, thinking, which one am I going to hit? Because there's about three of them. The, go- the golf ball will be like a disco ball. Oh god! This is why me and my mates have never done a golf holiday for that reason. <laughs> it, it, it won't work out very well. But um, look, Keith. It, uh, uh, apologies, guys, if we didn't get to your questions. I'm really, really sorry. But Keith, you've already been on uh, a little bit longer than you anticipated. But no worries. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure as always. Thanks to have for having you me. On. Keith. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. And um, Thanks, good, luck with, uh, good luck with the good luck with the the draw tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Bring your on. YouTube channel before you go. Oh yeah, so my YouTube channel, you probably guys probably know more about it than me. So this was started in the in the summer. I've been meaning to do it for about six months. <clears throat> kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And then I just thought when I was in America in the summer, let's start doing some videos. Um, and I'm trying to do a couple of week if I can. So um, I'm going to do one tomorrow surrounding the draw. Um, and then I'll do one on behind the scenes sort of 
on transfer deadline day, what it's like for me behind the scenes on transfer deadline day on Friday. So, so it's um, it's the aptly named at Sky Sports Keith, I think, which is what I'm called and everything else. Um, and please, uh, please um, allow me that my video skills are filmed by myself, so they're not the greatest. I'm not maybe up to the standard of you guys and all the other YouTubers out there, but um, I will get there and I'll try and bring as much sort of um, exclusive content as I can moving forward when I've got the time. So, um, and uh, yeah. there's a hyperlink to Keith's channel in, in the description of this video as well. So, if you scroll down, you'll be able to find it there as well. Cool. And hit, hit the subscribe button. Cool, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. And nice to see you all. And you, Cheers, Scott, man. you take, take care, Keith. All the best, Brilliant to have Keith on. As always. Uh, oh. oh, where is the echo coming from? <laughs> I was wondering, I can think I was hit myself twice. Right. I'm not sure why. Is it Richie? Is it? I need Richie just to test. Is it was Richie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder why I was here for twice. But no, um, Keith is fantastic, uh, as you guys have always said. Um, great guest, as always. Um, but what I will say is that, boys, before we go, it's Champions League draw. Tomorrow, we're back. 20 years in the making, we're back. I want to know in, in the chat, and I want to know from you boys, Daz and Richie, what is your um, what is your dream draw from pot one to pot three that Newcastle have? <clears throat> Who are you going for? So okay. everyone else, put yours in the chat, your dream draw. <laughs> draw. I'm going to leave it up on the screen so you can make your dream draw for Newcastle. Are you going to put us in the group of death like, uh, like Keith did? Because... <laughs> I wasn't. I was, it, great names, great names. Finger point, um, but not necessarily the draw that you would want uh, to be able to qualify for the latter stages. But that's what you're going for. Okay, so I actually have a there's a simulator going as well. Um, at the light, at the, uh, we could, uh, we could run. Like but uh, Richie, you're uh, off mute. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I can't hear myself when she's the echo. Okay, yeah. So who, part one, I'm going for Feyenoord. Part two, uh, I'll take uh, Leipzig. Uh, part three, uh, I'll take. Um, there's a Danish club there uh, in the the similar I see. Uh, sorry, is that bottom left? Uh, I, I, oh, you're looking at the badges. I'm not sure. Uh, they're called uh, Koberhaven, K O B E N H A V N. If they, if they, that's in, in the similar I'm looking at. Or else I take Braga. Um, uh, even Shakhtar might be decent. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm looking for the easiest group possible, Pete, to give us every chance. If we're in something, I want us to give us a, a chance. You know, we, don't worry. If we get out of the group, we'll still get big teams. So uh, uh, so yeah, give us give us the easiest group possible. But this me. is the thing: is uh, are we going for the easiest route to the to the latter stages, <clears throat> or are we are we looking for the big nights, the big big nights at Newcastle for the big teams, and whatever happens happens, even if we finish third or fourth. For me, I want I want to get into the last stages. 
So I'm looking at the easiest route. But Richie, um, what are you going for? Go for it. And we take them off for you. <laughs> I, I'll take them off for you, sir. Okay, take the second for Richie to come off mute. Or is he frozen? No, he's still there. No, it's not working. Is he off? Oh, no, you have to mute it. You have to unmute it. I've put it on the screen to save the echo, lads. Ah, okay, cool. Ah, so buying. So yeah, you see, this is the kind of draw I'm looking for. Maybe not the yeah. big names, but yeah. it's the best route to get to the latter stages because that's where you want to be. The latter stages against the big boys, fighting at the top end of European football, which is what we want as a club. Like, doesn't matter how we get there. Exactly. It's about the fact that we're getting there. You know, yeah. I think Leicester after they won the league got to the quarterfinals, like. Surely that's what we want for our club. Quarterfinals, maybe even semi-finals, if we're lucky, fingers crossed, we get to a, a level like that because we're coming up against teams and we're, and we're putting them to the sword. But there we go. There we go. There we go. The, the one big team or the biggest team that I would look at is definitely PSG. For me, I think we, I think even though they're a big team, I think PSG are a team that we can beat. They're not as strong as they were before. I would go Porto, top two. I would go, you threw an interesting point out, Daz, with the Danish team. But um, that was, that was an interesting option there. Um, yeah, it's just similar that I'm looking at here now. It's a, uh... Yeah, well, 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 I put it on screen, Pete, and we can you can have a look at it, and we can even run through it if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, let's let's try it. Um, I haven't even done this myself. I saw someone sharing it. So, did you see this? So, whether whether the accuracy of the the all the groups are, are correct, I'm not so sure. But uh, uh, hit here, and you can do your own little uh, draw, which is pretty handy. So, let's just see out of curiosity who, who we get. What do we do up to here? Pots groups. Okay. Boom. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. But uh I'll I'll continue with this draw, see who we get in this imaginary draw. But um uh where, where, where? groups there. Let's hope it'll, it'll go as fast as this tomorrow as well. I know Porto. Mm -hmm. Could just be randomly doing group things. Group or maybe this is a, where you maybe this is something you create your groups yourself. What, what way you'd like it to, to land? I'm not so sure, but I just saw it before the show. There we go. Feyenoord, Porto, Lazio, Newcastle. I would take that draw all day long. Everyone in the chat, would you take that draw that Dad had just put out? He's the official. A ball revealer in the Champions League. Uh, would you take that draw? Final Porto, Lazio, Newcastle. Okay, maybe not the star studded names, but it's a route to the next phase. It's a new Actually, yeah. Round. This is something where you create your own draw, so you decide where the things go yourself. I was just clicking anywhere, so I wasn't actually looking what I was doing. So, yeah, but well, we take that for sure. 
Group E. Um, we've got on the screen there, ESPN had his eighth favourite. I think Skybet had his ninth favourite today, which is crazy. Like, considering we've not been in it for 20 years, it would be eighth, ninth favourites. Um, obviously, it's, it's from a betting wow. perspective, but um, yeah, it just goes to show that teams and people are, are maybe a little bit worried that we're going to be the surprise team in the competition, that we're going to do things that, that some others don't expect us to do. But I, th- I think you've got to bear in mind those odds will change, though, depending on what the draw happens tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Obviously, if we get a group of death, that will drastically be- become a larger price. But it all depends if we get an easy group. But it might even go lower than that because you know there's the, the a good chance of us qualifying for the, the knockout stages. But it's interesting. Uh, no one's going to want to come to Newcastle or play us. That- oh. Yeah, you're right. Definitely not. Um, but look, boys, uh, anything else? Within discussion before we uh, wrap up, uh, just to, just to give Shane uh, a shout out. He's been a member for twenty months now. So, uh, Shane, say good morning. Uh, obviously, over there, us for you. Much appreciate as always, as with all our other ultras as well. No matter how long you've been with us as well, you forgot to ask the most important question, Pete. Lisa didn't forget, but you did. <laughs> In discussions, don't worry. We're, we're, it, it's all in the works. Just because I didn't ask you, doesn't mean that we're not working. <laughs> well, I know that, but the loaded public and the ultras need to know these sort of things, Pete. We're not getting any signs at Newcastle by before Friday. They might want to use on a different signing. We need don't to be chipping off Newcastle fans TV. They'll be in. They'll be swooping in. This is why I'm waiting. Let's wait until nearer the time and then do the big reveal so then they can't get any last-minute changes in. So we, we come in full and, and, and full of strength. Okay, But don't worry. There will be new squad members. It's called pre-contract agreement, Pete. <laughs> Look, there's already a couple in the works already. There's already a couple of handshakes that have been made uh, in preparation <laughs> for the next one. Uh, we're not going to reveal them now. But they'll be there nearer the time. Do not worry. Um, the squad um, is going to be uh, beefed up, shall we say. So we'll, we'll have some new faces, that's for sure. Um, so don't worry about that. Uh, we're, we're already at work. I think we've been at work on it during the summer, haven't we? <laughs> since we got beaten. <laughs> yeah. since, since, since the back end of April, we've been working on the next one. But uh, don't worry. Uh, at least, at least uh, every time you see you see Lee, he, he lets it go. He doesn't remind you of a pizza. So okay. well, the last video we put out, I didn't even see him. I didn't even know he was there. He's still still recording me. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, look, we'll get our own back. Because I tell you what, when we beat them, when we beat, them, <laughs> we'll do the same to him. We'll catch him at games and all around, and we'll just record him and just follow him wherever he goes and remind him. We'll just have to have a single member of the of the loaded team in in his chat every show he's got going and stuff like that, and just to rub it in for twelve months. <laughs> and then we'll when we're all together at St James's, we'll just mob him and just remind yeah. him. Uh, <laughs> and whilst he's recording live, just remind him that we won. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. Hopefully. <laughs> No, there's there's ground rules for this 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 fixture this time, though, isn't it, Pete? Mm. Yeah, no, no, um, 
No Bruno's magic hat to score all their goals, and we're not allowed to touch him. Uh, the, he was man of the match. He was man of the match. He, he made the difference for them. Um, but yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be an even contest. That's for sure. That's for sure. Cool. Well, maybe give a shout out to the sponsors. So we're thinking if there's any last questions, guys. Uh, shout out to H2O Bathroom uh, Design Co., the Northeast's largest supplier of Velcro and Botch bathroomware. Team Valley gets it. Over 20 years established, run by the family. Get down to the showroom on 11th Avenue, Team Valley Estate gets it. And here are the uh, showrooms, pictures of the showrooms um, that are the, and the bathrooms that are available. So go check that out. Also, shout out to the radiatorshed.com as we put Richie in jail there uh, for his, his echo, the echo that you had earlier. Uh, we do a fix, it's grand now actually. But here are some of the, the radiators that Russ has uh, there. Uh, go, go check out uh, the latest on the radiator shed and get in contact with Russ and he will come in that loaded van and sort you out and set you up to, through the install works as well. So yeah, that is a quick shout out to our sponsors. It's not well, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Great show. Uh, brilliant to have Keith on, gives it giving his insight. As we always say, we get our honest opinions from our guests that are on there. Um, whether it's Jordan, whether it's Keith, whether it's whoever it is, um, it might not always be what we want to hear, but could be something happening in the window, may well not be. But um, what we don't want to do is kind of um, sell you down the river and, and tell you something that's not likely to happen. So great for Keith to be honest and, and upfront and give us his old backstories on various other things to uh, to enlighten us on things that we might not have necessarily known otherwise. But look, boys, been a pleasure as always. Been a pleasure, Pete. And and if, if there is something, Pete, if, if something does break, we'll jump on for a show. So just just uh, be be mindful of that. And actually, I should have got the picture ready. Uh, but we are back tomorrow night uh, for our Champions League draw show. And on top of that, we're back then. Actually, I'm with the way it is as well. I better upload that picture as well so that people know uh, what is happening. But tomorrow, we're back at half six right after the draw so we we'll, you'll get we we'll get have the loaded reaction of, of, of the draw and who who we've actually got and are we happy are we not happy and looking forward to who we're going to see coming to st james park etc and then after that right after that at half seven it's into where they speed redemption um let's let's kick off the uh, the international break in a positive manner and let's do something that uh, we haven't done um, I think for a long while since the championship is that win at the Amex. So let's talk to Adam um, from Together BHA and uh, we'll discuss all things um, Newcastle United and Brighton because we're both reeling after defeats last weekend, uh, both wanting to make a point. Should be an interesting conversation. Adam's a great guest. So uh, look out for those uh, double whammy shows that we're coming for you tomorrow. Um just before we go, make sure you've liked and subscribed to the channel. We're on the way to 7K. We're moving. We're moving very, very well. Um, so make sure you're on the journey with Loading Mac NUFC. That's it. Cool. That is it. Enjoy the two draws over the next 24 hours. <laughs> How do you like that? Good night, everyone. How you like that?